Good morning, friends, and welcome. The Lord be with you. Thank you. My name is Becky, and I'm on staff here at Pleasant Street Church. Just a couple of things that I need to make mention of for you this morning. First off, our young people are on retreat, a brief 24-hour retreat there at Fairwoods this morning. So we're um, praying for God's blessing for them as they are there. They've had a great weekend weather-wise, so that is also a wonderful thing. Um, if you are visiting with us this morning, we also want to welcome you and extend a hearty handshake, I guess. Um, we're so glad that you are here, and please stay for coffee and fellowship with us um, after our worship service. Um, today is also the last day to put in your reservation for our 125th anniversary dinner, which will be held on um, October 2. So please uh, see Maggie Creaser. She will be out in the fellowship hall afterwards, and she will gladly accept your reservation. Um, they were in your mailboxes if you did not get a copy, but otherwise, I think, Maggie, can they just tell you? Okay. Oh, and she has copies also if you don't have one. So please be sure to see Maggie today if you have not already signed up for that anniversary dinner and program. This morning... Um, Pastor Matthew is with us in spirit and will be with us in video. However, they did have um, some kind of a COVID exposure, and so he is playing it safe and has recorded his sermon this morning. So we will be having our service a little bit different, but he will be uh, joining us by a video a couple of times during our worship this morning as well. Why don't we quiet our hearts now and prepare for our time of worship? Oh God, you pour out the spirit of grace and love. Deliver us from cold hearts, from wandering thoughts, so that with steady minds and burning zeal, we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Amen. I invite you to rise now in body or in spirit for our call to worship. Our God Almighty is the one who invites us to worship this morning. But guess what? You get to start this morning instead of me. So where it's italicized and bolded, I invite you to join in in that part. So ready? Our help What did God do to help us? Let us worship the God of the covenant, the God of heaven and earth.
of your glory demands our endless praise. The one, the only Savior has opened heaven's doors. We can enter in free from all our sin by your cleansing sacrifice. It's only by that sacrifice of Jesus' work on the cross that we can come before him and once again confess our sins before him, recognize that he is God and we are not And once again, we messed up this week. So friends, I invite you to join me now in a prayer of confession. God of love and justice, we long for peace within and peace without. We long for harmony in our families, for serenity in the midst of struggle. We long for the day when our homes will be a dwelling place for your love. We need you, God. Yet we confess that we are often anxious. We do not trust each other, and we harbor violence. We are not willing to take the risks and make the sacrifices that love requires. Forgive us, God. Look upon us with kindness and grace. Rule in our homes and in all the world. Show us how to walk in your paths through the mercy of our Savior. Amen. Let's take some time, friends, in silent confession before our God. Amen. Friends, hear these words of assurance from the Apostle John. This is the message we have heard from God and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. And we say together, Thanks be to God. I invite you to rise again in body or in spirit as we continue in song and worship and praise to our God who forgives us. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. And do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. It's all creation
The peace of Christ be with you all. Let us um, take time to take to greet each other in a COVID-friendly way. Okay, people of God, what is our prayer? Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Good morning. My name is Emily Fortnight. I'm one of the elders here, and it's my privilege to lead us in prayer this morning. Let's come before God in prayer. Heavenly Father, The pandemic drags on, hurricanes and fires, war and terrorist attacks destroy life and property. Yet as followers of Jesus Christ, we declare with joy and trust that our world belongs to God. Creator God, you've formed sky, land, and sea, stars above, moon, and sun, making a world of color, beauty, and variety, a fitting home for plants and animals and us. A place of peace, a place to work and play, worship and wonder, love and laugh. God, you rested and gave us rest. You are our only source of true hope. Standing in our place, you sent your son, Jesus, to suffer the tortures of the cross. Father God, you raised him from the dead. He walked out of the grave, conqueror of sin and death, Lord of life. You are set right with you. We are set right with you, dear God. Give in a new life, called to walk with you in freedom from sin's dominion. Assured that salvation, assured of, assured of that salvation, we confidently we live confidently, anticipating your coming again, offering you our daily lives, our acts of kindness, our loyalty, our love knowing that you will weave even our sins and sorrows into your sovereign purpose. Help us to live out your mission in our neighborhoods and in our world, to feed the hungry, to bring water to the thirsty, to welcome the foreigner, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and free the prisoner. We long for that day when our bodies are raised, that you wipe away the day that you wipe away our tears and we dwell forever in your presence we will take our place in the new creation where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain and you will be our light come lord jesus come amen and i forgot to mention that these many of these words come from the confession our world belongs to god This morning's reading comes from Jonah 1, 1 through 10. Jonah flees from the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. 
All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own god, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope that you are all well and that everyone can see and hear me okay. So this is different, right? (laughs) Although, uh, if I think about it, in some ways we've come full circle because it occurs to me that actually this is how you and I met, right? What a strange, strange world this is. Friends, as we get started, um, we are at a different time and a different place as we go to the word together, but God is with us on both ends of this. And so would you join me in a prayer? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give you thanks this morning for the chance to worship in your name. We ask, O God, that as we turn now to the book of Jonah, that you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we can receive this word that you first spoke to Jonah a long time ago, but we trust are still speaking to us now. Lord, we want to be your people and to reveal your glory. Reveal Jesus to us now. We pray this in your name. Amen. This morning we begin a series looking at the book of Jonah. And I assure you, this is not how I ever would have imagined that we would be starting this. And yet, in some ways, um, it turns out to be a pretty good illustration for some of the reasons why we're turning to the book of Jonah and why now. We are all experiencing a dramatic amount of change in a short period of time. Between COVID and erratic weather, political turmoil, social unrest... Friends, we are in the middle of an evolving crisis, and in a crisis, people want to know who they are and what they can trust and why they are here. And so in the middle of this crisis, we need to hear from God, and we need to be formed by the gospel. And it just so happens that when the people of God are in a crisis, God speaks through the prophets. And that's why we're going to Jonah. Because in Israel, at a time of severe crisis and political instability, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. And it's a word that cuts right into the middle of their bitter and brutal conflict. Jonah is a prophet, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea. And like the other prophets, Jonah's story begins in the usual way, with a phrase, the word of the Lord came. But that is the point at which Jonah parts company with the rest of the prophets because the word that comes to Jonah is quite different. Go to Nineveh. You see, up until this point, the prophets only really ever went to the people of God. Occasionally, they will have an oracle of judgment for the other nations, but Jonah isn't told to rant against Nineveh from a safe distance Jonah is sent there. Moreover, in the book of Jonah, there's really just the one word of the Lord, which is also unique, because usually the prophets are full of things that God says. But in Jonah, it's just the one word that comes to him. And this one unique word from God tells us much that we need to hear. Go to Nineveh. God says, go to Nineveh and warn them about judgment, 
And we find ourselves asking, wait, why would God want to warn them about judgment? Nineveh is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians were the largest empire on the world scene by this point, uh, and they were brutal, even by ancient world standards. Assyrian kings were known for going to great lengths to uh, boast about their cruelty. And so archaeologists have found large stone walls still to this day highlighting the way that they would torture their enemies. They were known for regularly dismembering conquered peoples, except they would leave one hand so that they could shake it while the person died. The Assyrians, the Assyrians would routinely require friends and family of deceased members to parade their heads around on elevated poles. They flayed prisoners alive. They were the first to practice mass enslaving and deportation of conquered people. The Assyrian Empire has been called a reign of terror, and their history is, quote, as gory and blood-curdling a history as we know. Sometime before Jonah... Another Hebrew prophet, uh, Nahum, prophesied that uh, Nineveh was going to be wiped out, which probably sounded pretty good to everyone. So Assyria is the bane of the ancient world, Israel's constant threat. Nineveh is its capital, and the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, go there and warn them. Now, the only reason that you would go and warn someone is if it's possible that God might relent of destroying them. You can see Jonah's problem, right? If he goes to Nineveh, he will probably die. But if Jonah goes and uh, does manage to survive, he still can't come home. I mean, what would happen if people found out that Jonah was the reason that Assyria survived? Imagine a chaplain crossing the English Channel on about June 3rd, 1944, going to warn Hitler that the Allies are about to invade Europe, and so he ought to turn from his ways and repent. Honestly, how long do you think that chaplain is going to last if he comes home? So it's, it's better for everyone if Nineveh is blown away. And honestly, if we dig a little deeper, we would see that it's also better for Jonah, too. The book of Jonah doesn't tell us uh, about who Jonah is. It assumes that we already know. We have to go to 2 Kings 14 to find out a little bit more about him. And what we learn there is that Jonah ministers during the, king, uh, the reign of King Jeroboam II in Israel. Now, Jeroboam is not a righteous king. Some of the other prophets at Jonah's time, they call Jeroboam out. They are critical of the way that he and his administration uh, treat the people of Israel. But not Jonah. Jonah lends his full support for Jeroboam's aggressive military policy. Jonah supports using force to extend his nation's influence. He does not see any problem with this. Jonah, we discover, is an intensely patriotic man. He loves his country, and he loves his people. And then the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, to this man, and God sends him to the people he fears and hates. God sends Jonah to his enemies. You know, in Hebrew, Jonah's name means dove, but the man himself is rather something of a hawk. There is no way that this does not seem like treason to Jonah. How could God show his, his enemies mercy, and why would God ask Jonah to be the one to do it? The idea of God's mercy is deeply meaningful to us. But the reality, I think, is often a lot more challenging and problematic. This weekend, we are, of course, remembering the anniversary of 9-11. And doing so, I was reminded of a story about when God's mercy did not necessarily seem like a good idea. You see, back in September 2001, 
just four days after the terrorist attacks, the president requested legal authorization for military force against all those who were responsible for the attacks. It's what led to the invasion of Afghanistan. The resolution passed in the House of Representatives 420 to 1. And it passed in the Senate 98 to 0. Representative Barbara Lee was the only person in the entire United States Congress, House and Senate, to vote against the authorization and going to Afghanistan. Now, not only was she the lone dissenting vote, but she also made a speech. She stood on the floor of the House and she explained why. With visible trembling, she explained that she believed this resolution was going to lead the United States to become the evil which it sought to destroy. And she called on everyone to pause, knowing that we were full of outrage and grief and not thinking clearly. And Lee went on to say that her decision to vote no was explicitly an act of obedience to God. Not a popular word from the Lord to obey. Now, maybe 20 years later, perhaps we see it differently. But at the time, Barbara Lee received an avalanche of death threats and rancid insults to the point of needing 24-7 protection. Since then, she has repeatedly been passed over for joining the leadership of her own political party. And friends, when we look at a story like that, is it any wonder Jonah ran away? So Jonah runs. And in the text, there is this deliberate parody when it's describing what Jonah does. The Lord says, arise and go up to Nineveh. Jonah rises and goes down to Joppa. The Lord wants him to go by land to the east. Jonah goes by sea to the west. The Lord says, go to a place where everyone will know you represent me. Jonah goes to Tarshish, which is at the edge of the world where no one will know him at all. But why is the question? I mean, surely a prophet who grew up with the Psalms, like Psalm 139, doesn't think he can outrun God. So then is Jonah scared? We're not told he's scared. Does Jonah think he's too weak? Doesn't seem like it. So then why does he run? Jonah will tell us more later in his own words. But for now, we can see that the reason he runs is because he disagrees with God. Jonah does not want God to rehabilitate his enemies by going to Nineveh. He wants God to smite them. Friends, of all the things that the word of God tells us in this word of the Lord, more than anything else, it tells us about God, about who God is and who we are called to be. Go to the great city of Nineveh. And God is saying, I care about Assyria. I care about the great city. I do not see them as faceless, violent enemies like you do. I see them as people. And the trouble, my friends, is that if God sees even the worst enemies as people, we sort of have to, too. So the word of the Lord comes to us. In a fractured and hostile world, hunkered down from each other as we are. And it's not a Hebrew call to go to Nineveh, but it is the words of Jesus who says, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Years ago, the word of the Lord came to Lauren Winner when she was seething with rage at her ex-boyfriend, who I think felt like an enemy at the time. You see, Lauren's story is that after a brief stint as an Orthodox Jew, she became a Christian as an adult in New England, and she became an Anglican. In her memoir, Girl Meets God, she tells us wonderfully raw and honest story about a time when her ex-boyfriend, Stephen, got engaged to another woman. It was only six months after they had broken up, and worse, Winner had been in love with him, and worse still, he never told her. 
She found it out through an acquaintance who happened to mention it in an email. Winner was devastated and she was enraged, as any of us can understand. She could not understand how Stephen could write beautiful, heartfelt letters to her and then six months later marry Tiffany, the Pilates instructor with long legs. She's incredulous that he could not find the time to say just two sentences. I'm getting married. I thought you should know. She tries to be generous, right? But most moments she's not charitable. She writes, I am a mean and petty person and a terrible Christian to boot. I spend all that weekend hoping that Stephen and his bride will be miserable, that his brilliant dissertation will turn to straw, that his roof will leak and his car will die, and he'll be stuck in a loveless marriage in Arkansas for the rest of his natural life. I told you she was honest. So during this time, Lauren has many friends who are willing to scoop ice cream and soil Stephen's name, and most of them tell her exactly what she wants to hear. But it turns out Lauren does have one friend who says something unique and rather different. Lauren has a friend named Sam, and Sam writes her a note, and it says... Try to pray for Stephen and his bride-to-be. Even if you can only mouth the words because you are so angry, remember that the Spirit does our praying for us. And that sounds a little bit to me like the word of the Lord, like love your enemies, a little bit like a call to go to Nineveh. Now, Jonah runs from the call, and we aren't surprised. After all, how can God suggest that we engage with violent enemies or those who have done rank injustice? How can God ask us to face the people who have hurt us? Look, it's really important that we pause for a second and look at the fact that God is not saying to Jonah, go to Nineveh because they aren't really wicked, they're just misunderstood. No, God sees how Nineveh is treating people. What we want to know is how can God look at so much evil and yet deal with people in such radical mercy? How can God do both of those things? And how can God call us to do the same? It will continue to be a mystery, friends. And it will be an offense to us that God could extend mercy to enemies until until we see that the word of the Lord came in the flesh to do exactly that for us. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus identifies himself with Jonah. When that happens, uh, Jesus is not saying that he is receiving the word of the Lord like Jonah. No, he is the word of the Lord. Like Jonah, though, Jesus says that he is sent to a wicked and unfaithful people. Except that when Jesus says that, he's talking to Pharisees. Do you realize what Jesus is suggesting? He is showing us that even the most religious, the most moral people, can be concealing within their hearts a deep hostility to God. Sometimes that hostility looks like running away to the ends of the earth, but sometimes that hostility is the quiet simmer of a refusal to forgive your neighbor or your sibling in Christ. The good news is that the word of the Lord came for both kinds of our hostility. Or as Paul put it, while we were enemies, God reconciled us through the death of his son. Jesus came as the word of the Lord to go where we would not, to go at his father's command to the city and then outside the city of Jerusalem to a hill and to give his life there so that you could be forgiven and so that you could have something good to share. You know, when that word of the Lord came through Sam to Lauren Winter, when he told her to pray for her ex-fiance, she did. She prayed the Anglican collect prayer for families. 
She prayed for Stephen and Tiffany from her Burgundy Book of Common Prayer, and the prayer goes like this. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we commend to your continued care the homes in which your people dwell. Put far from them every root of bitterness, the desire for vainglory, and the pride of life. Fill them with faith, virtue, knowledge, patience, godliness. Turn the hearts of children to their parents and the hearts of parents to their children and so enkindle fervent charity among us all that we may evermore be kindly affection to one another through Jesus Christ our Lord. Which, the more that I think about it, sounds a lot like the kind of reconciliation and mercy that comes when you know that Jesus went to Nineveh for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, would you pray with me? Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we commend to your care all of the homes in which your people dwell. Put far from them and from us every root of bitterness, the desire for vainglory, and the pride of life. Fill us with faith, virtue, knowledge, patience, and godliness. Turn the hearts of parents to our children and the hearts of our children to our parents and so enkindle fervent charity among us all that we may evermore be kindly affectioned to one another. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's time now for our ECHO students to come forward so that we can send them um, off to their study and review of our message this morning. So can I have those that are going to ECHO come forward so that we can send them with a blessing? People of God, what is our prayer? Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Thanks be to God. As the worship team comes forward, I'd just like to remind you again that this is our time in our service when we normally, as a response to the word, from God's word, that we offer our gifts of offerings to the Lord. Um, we are not doing that right now, passing the basket, but instead we are receiving gifts in the fellowship hall right outside the door. Our offerings this morning, as is our tradition on the second Sunday of each month, we have two offerings. The first one is for the ministries of Pleasant Street Church, and the second one today will be for our 125th anniversary, which is coming up in a month, three weeks. All right. I invite you to rise now in body or in spirit for our benediction. And in a crisis, people want to know who they are and what they can trust. Friends, the God who has been with you in worship today is the same God who sends you out now full of his glory and it is the same God who promises to be with you, no matter what the week ahead looks like. Friends, hear now and receive God's sending. As you leave this place this day, may God's love sustain you, and may you love those who surround you. May God's spirit empower you, and may you empower all those you meet. May God's joy fill your hearts, and may this joy overflow to the ends of the earth for God's glory, now and forever, and all God's people said, Amen. And friends, would you receive God's blessing? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Friends, let's go singing. We are called.
enjoy peace and have a great week.